Welcome to Club Core, an interdisciplinary podcast exploring science stories. I'm your host, Dr. Angel Core, an assistant professor of neuroscience at UNC Asheville. Each episode of this podcast is created by undergraduate students enrolled in one of my courses. So join us as we delve into a variety of topics with one simple goal, to get it less wrong. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Receptors, a project by students for students. Today's topic is caffeine, something that I think all of us have some familiarity with. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. I'm holding my cup of joe right now. Cheers to that. I'm on cup number two. All right. Well, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's take a look at what we're actually dealing with here. Right. Let's take a look at what is going on in our brains when we drink our morning cup of coffee, tea, or energy drink. Because caffeine is classified as a stimulant, it is considered to have psychoactive effects. The major impact of caffeine in the brain has to do with the fact that it is an antagonist for adenosine receptors. Whoa, 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 hold up. Can you break that one down a little, please? Oh, for sure. I'll elaborate. First things first, an antagonist works by inhibiting the function of a neurotransmitter, causing less of its effects. In the instance of caffeine, it binds to the receptors for adenosine, which is the neurotransmitter that promotes tiredness. By preventing those effects from taking place, caffeine is able to promote awakeness. Wakefulness? Let's call it wakefulness. What's really cool about this interaction, though, is that when it binds to the adenosine receptor, it allows for more adenosine to exist in the space between neurons. This creates a surplus of adenosine, which, once the caffeine's effects wear off, cause a caffeine crash where you feel very, very, very tired. And even though it's indirect, GABA and dopamine neurotransmitters are also affected by the increased extracellular adenosine. That's how we get an energy and mood boost. To elaborate on this even further, when caffeine is consumed, it stimulates the nervous system and increases metabolized energy within the brain. Introduction of the drug into the body will have a response to the sensory neurons by the introduction of methylxanthine. Methylxanthine is an alkaloid present in caffeine that causes an increase of locomotive activity of the person who consumes the substance. This is why we feel more alert and jittery when we have consumed caffeine. So generally, caffeine really is helping us focus on studying for those final exams and staying up to write those papers. Yep. Just keep in mind that like with anything else that changes up our brain chemistry, long-term use can cause the effectiveness to fluctuate. That's why sometimes your single cup of coffee or one energy drink is just not effective in the ways that it used to be, especially if you've been increasing your intake. Before we get into anything crazy, we should consider what is the recommended as far as caffeine intake? Absolutely. The Mayo Clinic published on number for caffeine levels in eight ounces of caffeinated products with the reference that 400 milligrams of caffeine is about the max that the average person should consume. Coffee is about 96 milligrams of caffeine per cup. Black tea is about 47 and green tea is about 28. An energy drink is about 29 milligrams, but an energy shot is close to 215. So that explains why your travel mug keeps you fired up just a little bit longer than your tiny teacup. If all of those stats are for eight ounces, you have to do some math yourself to see where you fall on the caffeine intake chart. What does any of this mean for our bodies if our brains are getting these changes?
the first direct side effect of caffeine is the possibility of a headache. Espinosa Jovel, a neurologist from Spain, looked into the relationship between caffeine and headaches. What she found was that caffeine does not directly cause the headache, but it can be a secondary or indirect result. Can you explain what you mean by a secondary effect? Sure thing. As we mentioned, adenosine is an inhibitor and neurotransmitter, and because of its chemical makeup, it can be known to trigger migraines by constricting the blood vessels in the brain. So when caffeine is removed from the brain environment, the withdrawal effects are caused by heightened sensitivity to adenosine and causes the blood vessel to constrict and lead to those pesky headaches. Well, that totally tracks. You know what else happens when I drink too much coffee, though? I end up feeling so incredibly jittery and anxious. It's ironic. I was drinking coffee to help me focus and get work done, but instead I'm too anxious to get anything done at all. That is actually another side effect of caffeine. Too much causes some anxiety symptoms. It's perfectly fine and safe to drink a moderate amount of caffeine, but too much does put you at a risk for some pretty gross feelings. Good point, Tabitha. In an article that I was just reading over, an observational study was done on students who attend the University of Bahrain and have no underlying health problems. From the study, the results show that half of the participants experienced anxiety disorders and psychological distress. Over half of these participants were drinking over the recommended amount of caffeine. They conducted an, an association test, which resulted in the conclusion that there is an association between high caffeine levels and anxiety disorders. It also has a chance of impacting your sleep. One study published in the Journal of Sleep and Breathing focused on college students in Thailand and found that overuse of caffeine, especially when combined with alcohol, leads to poor quality sleep, which then makes you turn to even more caffeine. And don't forget that it can actually cause you to lose some memory process when it's overconsumed as well. A study done on rats demonstrated a lack of long-term processing if the rat's brain was exposed to excessive amounts of caffeine. Of course, more research needs to be done to determine if it's directly from the caffeine or if it's indirectly related because of the sleep interruption. The study did acknowledge the benefits of moderate amounts of caffeine on memory. It's best to think of this like your typical bell curve effect. If you're drinking coffee to study, make sure you're careful not to drink so much that those jitters take over. Okay, so with all these negative side effects, should I pour out this mug? No, not quite yet. With all of that extracellular adenosine floating around in your brain, instead of binding with their proper receptors, you will experience a boost of energy and mood. Just be careful not to take in too much. Remember that about four cups of brewed coffee is just about what is recommended as the max amount. As with anything, too much of a good thing can just be too much. Thank goodness. I'm not ready to give up that morning cup of joe, especially when final seasons roll around. So what's our takeaway? What do we do about the coffees we are all holding right now? I think we start by looking at how much we are consuming. Two cups, you're good to go and can continue to get those positive benefits of your mood and motivation. If an extra cup helps you keep you awake for a long car ride, that's not a bad idea either. So maybe I step back and try to get better sleep instead of grabbing a fifth cup of coffee on just regular school day. I think that's definitely your best choice. Long term anyway, those habits are good to form. Well, that's the show, you guys. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll stick around for next week's episode, How in the World Does My Brain Remember Anything? Thanks to our sponsors and all of the researchers who made this possible. Club Court is produced by a multidisciplinary team of students at UNC Asheville, with sound engineering support by undergraduate Kat Sawyer. 
Jessica Fox, a UNCA graduate, wrote our theme music. Special thanks to the UNCA Video Production and Media Design Lab for their help with this project. And thank you for listening. You can find show notes, including episode credits and links to the research discussed in this episode at clubcore.com episodes. If you like this episode, please share, subscribe, and review. And if you have a question you'd like us to explore, drop us a line. You can find me, Angel Core, on all the socials at Club Core. We'd love to tell your science stories so we can all get it less wrong. Until next time. <laughs>